And to Jesus be the praise and the glory and the honor. What a great week we are going to have. Today I have something very special, very special to show you from the Psalms. This morning, as I was praying, the Lord just showed me something so precious. It so blessed me that I want to share it with you. But first, I want to say thank you for being my wonderful partner, my wonderful friend and family. I pray the Lord will bless you richly, richly for your love, your generosity, so much that you've done for the Lord's work. To Him be the praise always. And I promise you, He's going to bless you for it. Now, Lord, I thank you for your people. I thank you for this beautiful day, this wonderful Monday, as you will show us from your words some holy, blessed revelations. I give you the praise. And God's people said, Amen and Amen. Psalm 40, this will really bless you. I begin with verse 1. I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined unto me and heard my cry. Now, this whole psalm is about the Lord Jesus. This is not about David. This is about the Lord Jesus. I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined unto me and heard my cry. Watch verse 2. He brought me up also out of an horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock established my goings. This did not happen to David. He was never in any pit with Mary Clay. He was describing what happened the night before the Lord was crucified. He was taken to the house of Caiaphas and he was judged by the leaders of the Jewish people. They put him in a prison and that's what it means by I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined unto me and heard my cry. So in that pit, and I've been there, if you go to Jerusalem today and go visit the house of Caiaphas, right underneath is a cave. And it was a pit in those days. And this is where the Lord himself was chained. And you still can see the where, where the nails went in the wall as they chained him that night waiting for the next day to be crucified because we often forget people often forget that he was taken from Gethsemane at night he was judged by the high priest and had to be put in a pit all night long and that's what David means by he brought me also out of a horrible pit out of the miry clay set my feet upon a rock and established my goings. To Jesus be all the praise and the majesty and the glory and the honor. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. I give you praise, Lord. And he hath put a new song in my mouth. Verse 3. Even praise unto our God. Many shall see it in fear and shall trust in the Lord. So the Lord there is waiting patiently that night in that in that pit and then God puts a new song in his mouth 
It says for the joy, for the joy that he saw, he endured the work of Calvary, he endured the cross. God gave his son such joy on that cross. Hallelujah. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. The pain he felt in his body, the sorrow, the sufferings, but that joy sustained him. And that's what it means by verse 3. He has put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. And then verse 4. Blessed is the man that maketh the Lord his trust, and respecteth not the proud, nor such as turn aside to lies. You know, I can I can teach almost on every verse, but I want to just point some of the wonderful ones for you right now. It's actually all wonderful, you know. But I just want to minister on some verses today. Many, O Lord my God, are thy wonderful works which thou hast done, and thy thoughts which are to us word. They cannot be reckoned up in order unto thee. If I would declare and speak of them, they are more than can be numbered. He's talking about the work of Calvary. How God the Father ordained, many, O Lord, are thy wonderful works which you have done, which you have ordained. Your thoughts which us, which are towards us, to us word, they cannot be reckoned in order. That word reckoned means recounted. You can't even count them. So, it was God the Father who planned our salvation. And this is what verse 5 talks about. And such wonderful works in our salvation that God should become flesh, that God should die in the person of Jesus on the cross. Think about all the benefits of salvation. That's why he says, and thy thoughts which are to us, word, that you did this for us, Lord, they cannot be reckoned. You know, what love is this? The Bible says, I have not seen nor ear hath heard what God has prepared for them who love him. And why Jesus died for you and I, only heaven will reveal it one day. And that's why it says, if I would declare and speak of them, they are more than can be numbered. And then we have this incredible part of the psalm. Sacrifice and offering thou didst not desire. I think this is one of the greatest portions in the entire Bible. Sacrifice and offering thou didst not desire. My ears hast thou opened. Burnt offering and sin offering hast thou not required. Sacrifice and offering you did not desire. You know, in the book of Hebrews chapter 10, the writer talks about this. But I want to just say a few things about this verse. I think it's really quite amazing. Sacrifice and offerings you did not desire. My ears have you opened. That word opened also means pierced, like a slave who was pierced to do the will of his master. That Jesus, because this is so powerful, sacrifice and offerings you did not desire. And the writer to the Hebrew says those animals could not take away sin. But he offered his own body. He said, let me just read the whole thing. It's so powerful. Sacrifice and offerings, verse 6, 
Psalm 40. Thou did not desire. My ears hast thou opened or pierced. Burnt offering and sin offering hast thou not required. Then said I, lo, I come. In the volume of the book, meaning the Old Covenant, the prophets, it is written of me. I delight to do thy will, O my God. Yea, thy law is within my heart. Oh, this is incredible. Here, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, David begins to describe the fact that these animals could not do the job. No one can be free from sin with the sacrifice of animals. That's why God became a man. God became flesh. Then said I, lo, I come in the volume of the book. It is written of me. Or in the scroll of the book, it is written of me that his body would become that substitution for our sin. I delight to do thy will, O my God. Yea, thy law is within my heart, meaning that he would be the only one to fulfill the law. If you go to Hebrews chapter 10, and we begin at verse 1, for the law having a shadow of good things to come, and not the very image of the things, can never with those sacrifices, which they offer year by year continually, make the comers thereunto perfect. So he explains Psalm 40 to us, for then would they not have ceased to be offered. So if if God was looking for animals to take away sin, then these animals would continue to be offered forever, frankly. Because that the worshippers, once purged, should have had no more conscience of sin. In other words, if the animal can do the job, well then it's, it's only going to last for a year, but it, it couldn't happen. Because it says, but in those sacrifices, there is a remembrance again made of sins every year. In other words, they could not purge away sins once and for all. So they had to offer them over and over and over and over. Verse 4, it is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats should take away sins. Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, he saith, Psalm 40, sacrifice and offerings thou wouldst not. There in verse, beginning at verse 6. But a body as thou prepared me, in burnt offerings and sacrifice for, for sin, thou hast no pleasure. Hath, hath had no, no pleasure. Then said I, Lo, I come in the volume of the book, it is written of me to do thy will, O God. Above when he said, Sacrifice and offerings and burnt offerings and offerings for sin, thou wouldst not, neither had pleasure therein, which are offered by the law. Then he said, Lo, I come to do your will, O God. He takes away the first, that he may establish the second, meaning the covenant. He took away those judgments of the law in the old covenant by one act of love on the cross. By the which will, verse 10, we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. Now, I got to show you something that today just tore me so precious. I was weeping, just reading it today. I'm thinking, dear Lord, you did that for me and for every one of us. Listen to what he says right after that. I'm reading now Psalm 40, and I'm going to go to verse 9. So he gave his life. He paid the price 
for you and I. And then he said, I have preached righteousness. Look, the whole psalm happened within just a few hours. He's in the pit the night before the cross. He's waiting patiently for God to hear him. God did. Now he puts a song in his heart for the joy that was set before him. He endured the sufferings of Calvary. And now he offers his body in place of all those sacrifices. And then verse 9, I have preached righteousness in the great congregation. Meaning, he began to declare that we are righteous, we the church. I have preached, He preached righteousness in the great congregation. Lo, I have not refrained my lips, O Lord, thou knowest. I have not hid thy righteousness within my heart. In other words, I didn't keep it to myself. I shared righteousness with your people, with the church of the living God. Hallelujah. I have declared thy faithfulness and thy salvation. I have not concealed thy loving kindness and thy truth from the great congregation, from the church. What a mighty God we serve. Excuse me, I got to shut my phone because I, I put it on plain mode and it's still working. Withhold not thy tender mercies from me, Lord. Let thy loving kindness and thy truth continually preserve me. So after he dies on the cross, he declares us righteous. Verse 9, I have preached righteousness in the great congregation. I have not refrained my lips. So not only did did he declare his righteousness, but now he shares his righteousness. What it says here, something so powerful. I have not hid your righteousness within my heart. I have declared it and declared your faithfulness and your salvation. I have not concealed your loving kindness and your truth from the great congregation. To whom he gave that righteousness, in other words. And declare them righteous. Withhold not thou thy tender mercies from me, Lord. Let thy loving kindness and thy truth continue to preserve me. Now, this is, this is the part that really got me today. Because I'm thinking, you know, how can this fit? Is this David talking? For innumerable evils have come past me about. Mine iniquities have taken hold upon me that I'm not able to look up. They are more than the hairs of my head. Therefore, my heart fails me. Wow. And I stopped. This happened this morning. I stopped. That's why I'm sharing this with you. I'm thinking, Lord, is this, is this David? But it can't be David. Because the whole psalm is about your sufferings. And then it hit me. My substitute. He's talking about taking my sin on him. Innumerable evils have compassed me about or surrounded me. And then I read my iniquities. And I'm thinking, Lord, just a second. You don't have any iniquities. And I just saw it like the lights came on. He made them his. He made your sin his sin. Oh, dear God. He made my sin his sin. That's what it means. 
He was made sin for us. He made my sin his sin. I pray this is really getting through to you. Because he said, my iniquities. My iniquities? He didn't say their iniquities have taken hold on me. My iniquities. And there are, you know, portions in the Psalms. Forgive me, I'm just really moved by this. There are portions in the, in the, in the Psalms that are messianic where David writes, I can't look up because of my sin. But you know that many of the Psalms are prayers of the Lord Jesus himself. And I never once, you know, connected the words, my iniquity, with the Lord himself. But he became our substitute. And, and, and as our substitute, our sin becomes his sin. As his righteousness becomes our righteousness, which he said before, right before that. His righteousness he could not keep to himself. He didn't keep it in in his heart. He shared his righteousness. And the Bible tells us we are the righteousness of Christ Jesus. We We are declared righteous because of what he did. And he calls himself. Think about this. He said, innumerable evils have compassed me. My iniquities have taken hold upon me. He declares here that he has taken upon himself my sin, your sin. My sin becomes his sin. My iniquities become his iniquities. No different than his righteousness becomes my righteousness. What God would do that? What Lord would do that except Jesus? And then he says, I'm not able to look up. They are more than the hair on my head. Therefore, my heart fails me. This can't be David. This can't be David. And then he says, be pleased, O Lord, to deliver me. Make haste to help me. Wow. Wow. And God Almighty put on him our sin. And then, you know, when you read earlier, which I kind of missed saying because it's quite powerful in verse 2. He brought me up out of a horrible pit, out of the muddy clay. But this also implies the resurrection because it says, and he set my feet upon a rock and established my goings, meaning ascension. So verse 2 talks about the dungeon he was in called the pit. Then in verse 2, you put me on the rock, resurrection. Then establish my goings, ascension. And then he describes the work of Calvary. Join in his heart, he endures the cross for the joy that was set before him. Our salvation, wonderful works that none can understand or even number. Then how he had to offer his body as a sacrifice for you and I, verse 6 and 7 and 8. Then he gives us his righteousness. And then in verse 12, he takes our sin. 
you know, I've been reading the Bible 50 something years. And never have I seen verse 12 in the light I saw today. That Jesus calls my sin his sin. And they've taken hold upon him. May his righteousness take hold upon us. What an exchange. What a Lord. What love is this? I think this is why John Wesley wrote amazing love. How can it be that thou my God should die for me? How is it that God should take upon him our sin? And I think this verse makes it so big, you know, like headline. That my iniquities become his iniquities. Take, and they take hold of him. And now he cries for deliverance on our behalf to be delivered. And I love this. Verse 16, let all those that seek thee rejoice and be glad in thee. Let such as love thy salvation say continually, the Lord be magnified. As a result of our salvation, we praise and worship and adore him. Hallelujah. I pray the Lord will open your eyes to his word. You know, Paul said, let let the word of Christ dwell richly within you. And I just wanted to point this out to you today. He took our burdens. He took our sin. He took our darkness and our death. He died in our place. He took our death. He became, listen, listen. He took our curse. Because it says, cursed is he that hangs on a tree. In the, in the law. And he hung on that cross and took our curse, took our shame, death, destruction, and pain, and all our sin. Can we just lift our hands and thank him for his mercy? Dear Jesus, we give you praise. We, we don't deserve it, Lord. We don't deserve it. Like dear sweet Dr. Rambo wrote, I should have been crucified. I should have suffered and died. But Lord, you did it for us. You took our place on Calvary's cross. And thank you, Lord, for your word in the Old and New Testament, showing us your love. We give you the praise and we surrender today. We all surrender today to love you more than ever, to serve you more than ever, to walk with you closely, closer than ever. In Jesus' sweet and holy name. And God's people said, Amen and Amen. Come out from among them, be separate, says the Lord. I think it's time we obey that law and that commandment to not be a part of this filthy world. Don't look on it. Don't even pay attention to it. I'm going to ask you to stop watching things on TV that pollute and, and frankly bring bondage. I began, you know, I stopped doing that five years ago. I no longer watch, I have not watched TV for five years. I've never had such peace in my life. No, I'll tell you, I'll never go back. You know, I never used to watch crazy stuff, never, or filthy stuff. But it's it's still the world. It's still the world. And I want no part of it. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Set your affections on things above. Carry your cross and follow him. Deny self and the world with it. And follow the Lord. That's the Christian life. If you want to finish well, there's only one way I know. Come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. And then 
He says, I will receive you. Well, I want him to receive me, and you want him to receive you. There's only one way. Let's walk out of Egypt. Egypt is the world. I'm not talking about the country Egypt. The, the country Egypt has precious people in it. But Egypt is, is symbolic of the world in the Bible. Ancient Egypt. So now we come to the Lord. And we live for him every day. Cleaving to the Lord. Getting hold of life eternal like Paul said to Timothy. Let's do it for his glory. And that we might please him all the days of our life. Lord, grant it in each life, I pray. Come on, stretch your hands towards me. Lord, do it for them. That they will live that, that kind of life. And finish well. Finish well and stronger than they began. In Jesus' holy name. Amen and amen. Well, I pray this has been a blessing to you. Tomorrow I'll be teaching, of course. I just had to share with you what God showed me today from the Psalms. It's so precious. Well, anyways, it's time to give now to the Lord's work. You know what the Lord said about that. Give it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give to your bosom. And that he meant the great wealth transfer coming one day because it's going to happen. I mean, we haven't seen it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together yet. But we will see it if we're faithful today to him. A faithful man abounds with blessing. Honor the Lord with your substance and the first fruit of all your increase. And then you'll see blessings come your way. I've not seen the righteous forsaken or received begging for bread. You'll be secure. Your tomorrow will be secure. Your future and your children's future will be secured. Because it says, now there is seed. I've not seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging for bread. God will take care of your children and grandchildren if you're a giver. So let's give right now to the Lord's work. You can do it on the platform you're watching me on. Or simply go to our website, benin.org. Or simply text. BHM 45777. Tomorrow a brand new teaching. You're going to love it. I'll see you then. And I pray this has blessed you today. Much love and thanks for being my wonderful partner and family. Bye-bye.